It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. It is Tuesday, March 28th, and we are just five days away from opening night, six days away from opening day 2017, and uh, who will be the opening day 25 for the Brewers? Uh, That question and many others to be tackled today by Adam McKelvey, our Brewers reporter. Adam, thank you so much for the time. Uh, One guy that we do know is not going to be on the opening day roster, a bit of a surprise move earlier on this Tuesday. Uh, Scooter Jeanette placed on waivers. Uh, The Reds claimed him. Uh, How off guard did this catch you? Well, not off guard that he's not in the mix on opening day because we'd known that, you know, there was a possibility of a move. I'm surprised it was waivers. Uh, David Stearns tried to make a trade. He did not find any bite, uh, did not get even close to making a deal, and the Reds were able to get Scooter Jeanette by simply paying the salary, not having to give up a player. I think that part of it surprises me. I mean, this is a good offensive player, a left-handed hitter, and there are some teams looking at second base, uh, but Scooter Jeanette, who tried really hard and kept a really positive attitude about this switch to kind of utility, just wasn't going to fit and get at bats on a Brewers team that's going to use Johnny VR at second base to start uh, and has Hernan Perez, who's uh, just a much more versatile player defensively than Scooter Jeanette is. Uh, Scooter was just below those guys in the depth chart. There wasn't a spot for him. And the Brewers had to bid goodbye. And what I wrote, Matt, is it reinforces just, you know, I know every team has turnover, and I'm sure every team could go over how few players remain from, you know, year X. But with Scooter Net gone, the Brewers' second longest tenured, now let me say this right, their second longest continuously tenured position player behind Ryan Braun, who do you think it is? <laughs> I could make 10 uh, you're not guesses to get, get it all it's wrong, Domingo, I think. It's Domingo Santana. That's amazing. Who came to the organization during the rebuild. So it's uh, really emblematic of just how far this turnover has gone. They have completely remade the roster, especially on the position. But there are some pitchers who have been around for a while. But on the positional, the positional side, the turnover has been quite remarkable. Yeah, I mean, and like I said, I could have guessed 15 names, and Domingo Santana would not have been one of those 15. Uh, that's truly a remarkable stat. And, you know, Adam, we're all, we're all big boys and big girls here, and we know that this is a business and a big boy business at that. But like you said, Scooter Jeanette, a guy that endeared himself to so many people because of his work ethic, his attitude, his demeanor, his, you know, positive, upbeat outlook. To lose a guy like that, and I, and again, I know we're talking about a business here, and, and, and guys come and go all the time, but... Is there a, a sense of, I don't know, maybe loss is, is too big of a term, too heavy of a term, but, again, a guy that had that kind of uh, attitude and demeanor, how much does it hurt to lose a guy from a clubhouse like that? I, I don't know. I mean, not to diminish what he did because he was all those positive things that you said, but I think they're used to it in the clubhouse at this point. Um, you know, this is a team that's undergone tremendous turnover over the last season and a half. Um, it's been clear that nobody is – 
immune from that. You know, Ryan Braun himself almost got traded last August. Uh, you know, there, I, I think the guys just understand where this team is at. And again, maybe this is another example of why it was a smart decision for Mark Atanasio and David Stearns and, and before him, Doug Melvin, to just be upfront about here's our plan as an organization. It's going to involve a lot of change. It's going to involve some patience. You know, being upfront about that, I think maybe it even helps in your own clubhouse that guys are just, this doesn't, a move like this, to put it differently, doesn't come as a huge surprise. Yeah, and that that's a good point. That, like you said, given uh, where this organization is, and uh, you know, it it can be somewhat of a you know a free for all. Just you know, guys coming in, guys going out. And the latest uh, on that treadmill, so to speak, is Scooter Jeanette, as he is now a member of the uh, Cincinnati Reds. Uh, Adam, to transition uh, to the bullpen, uh, there's a possibility. I don't know, uh, you know, how great of a possibility, but. Come opening day, the Brewers may have uh, a bullpen without a single lefty, as uh, Brent Suter was optioned to a AAA uh, just recently. Uh, Tommy Malone is still in the mix, but is this a concern that the Brewers on opening day could have a bullpen without a single lefty, or is it uh, you know, not a big deal right now? Well, they've done this in recent years before. Now, they've had, say, Will Smith was a big part of their bullpen, a really good lefty. Um, but they've had stretches where they have not had a left-hander. And Ron Renneke was the manager for one stretch I can remember. And his take was always, give me a, a right-hander that I really like over a left-hander just to have a left-hander. And, you know, they, they just they did not have many lefties in camp. And right now you're right that the possibility is they won't have one. Now the key to that is you're going to have to find a right-hander who you are confident against left-handers. The Brewers had that for a long time in Tyler Thornburg, whose stuff a good changeup and a really good curveball just happen to work really well against lefties. If they go with what they've got now, Thornburg is a, is a Boston Red Sox now. So they, they will have to find some arms that they have a lot of confidence against lefties because this is a division with Joey Votto, with Anthony Rizzo, uh, with some of those uh, really good Pirates outfielders, Polanco. You know, they, there are some tough lefties in this division in the National League Central, and the Brewers are going to have to find some weapons to get those guys out. So, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. The one, the one thing that is, makes it really tough in talking about the Brewers roster until the minute they have to set that roster is that last year David Stearns picked up Carlos Torres about 48 hours before opening day, a move no one saw coming, and Torres led the team in appearances. So the, the caveat with this front office is always that things can change. And as Craig Council pointed out just the other day, the opening day roster is the, is the roster for one day. And that, you know, maybe we make too much of, of a quirk like this um, because that could change very easily with an acquisition on, uh, you know, a week from now, for example. Yeah, and, and like we've discussed before, there's so much attention on game one, and you kind of forget that there's games two through 162 you have to kind of factor in there as well. So a good point made by Craig Council, and you brought up Tyler Thornburg. He might not pitch for the Brewers or the Red Sox this year because he's got something weird going on with his trapezius muscle or tricep or something like that. Uh, so maybe the Brewers uh, pulled the trigger on that trade just in the nick of time. Remaining on the uh, topic of pitching, uh, Adam, Willie Peralta looked uh, real good the other day against the Royals, uh, five and two-thirds scoreless. Uh, is that the best to you that he's looked all spring? Yeah, and remember, he's had kind of a disjointed spring because he went off to the World Baseball Classic. So he kind of ramped up quick, then he went away. He pitched pretty well for them uh, in the Columbia game um, and, and came back. And, and I was talking to him this morning a little bit about his spring. It, it was a little disjointed, uh, leaving, then coming back, you know, going into that charged atmosphere at the World Baseball Classic 
with that great Dominican Republic team. And then coming back to spring training is kind of sleepy spring training again. So I think it did take him a bit to get his feet under him. He ended on a high note. I think he'll stay back in camp while the rest of the Brewers go north to stay on schedule for his first start of the regular season. And I've got him as an interesting guy. I, I mean, this is a guy who's had some success in the major leagues. Looks like he was on this upward trajectory, started opening day for the Brewers last year, and then have just a really terrible season, which he salvaged at the end, but there's no way to get around it. When you look at it in its totality, it was a bad season for Lee Peralta. So he's, an, he's to me, an intriguing guy for looking at bounce-back candidates uh, to kind of keep an eye on. He still throws really hard. Um, he's still young-ish. He's still cost and team-controlled. Uh, I've kind of got an eye on him. as a, a, a don't, don't count his career over just yet. I think he's got some baseball left. Yeah, I think a lot of people would agree, and that's actually a perfect segue to uh, as we come down the home stretch here, a few more spring training uh, superlatives uh, like we did last week, kind of some rapid-fire topics here. One of those, of course, was, you know, what player could have a bounce-back season for the Brewers? And, of course, you mentioned uh, all the criteria for Willie Peralta to have that bounce-back season. Is he the guy that when you look at, you know, somebody on this team that is primed for a bounce-back, or is there maybe somebody else whether in the bullpen or a position player uh, that could also have a bounce back season two. No, I mean, I, I put Peralta in that category. And in fact, I'm writing a story literally as the phone rang here to do this conversation <laughs> that, that is kind of on that topic. I think Peralta is a really interesting, you know, maybe even a comeback of the year type candidate. His season was that bad last year at the start. They had to demote him to the minor leagues. He pitched really poorly in the minor leagues as well. Remember the Brewers have that, tough uh, Colorado Springs situation, uh, but he did not pitch well. He did not even real necessarily earn his way back to the major league. The Brewers just simply had a need for him when Junior Darrow went down in August. Willie Peralta was a guy who was on the roster they had to bring back, and he put together 10 really nice starts at the end of last season to put himself back on the organizational map. I wonder even if it would have been a different outcome for Willie Peralta had he not pitched as well as he did down the stretch. Maybe he's a non-tender candidate, and, and he's somewhere else this spring. So I think he has a lot riding on the season, a great opportunity to uh, pitch and, and bounce back. And, uh, Adam, how about a guy that's really poised for a, a breakout season with so much young talent, up-and-coming talent on this team? One guy that you kind of uh, zero in on is somebody that could really break out? Well, I will steal from one of MLB.com's up-and-coming talents, Daniel Kramer. Uh, he filled in for me a couple of days on the Brewers beat and is – such a great uh, young reporter in our arsenal. He did a really cool story based on stat cast data to sort of back the idea that Domingo Santana and Keon Broxton are each breakout candidates. Both of those players rank really high, and you can see all the data on Brewers.com within that story in exit velocity. And look, this is something really simple. Uh, hit the ball hard, good things happen. Uh, nobody needs data to show that. But what we have now with all this stat cast stuff is we can quantify this and we can put them relative to other really great players in baseball to see how often they barrel up the ball compared to, say, Miguel Cabrera. And there's some interesting Miguel Cabrera data in that story. So both of those guys fare really well, not just on the team, but in Major League Baseball in terms of hitting the ball hard consistently. If they do that over the course of a long season, if each of those guys stays healthy, I think they have an opportunity to be breakout guys. Yeah, like you said, uh, the, the backup data is great, but it's a pretty simple uh, tenant. You know, you hit the ball hard, hit it in the air, 
good things do tend to happen, and we'll see if uh, Broxton and uh, Domingo Santana will be uh, candidates to really break out this year. Adam, to uh, wrap up here, uh, from all your previous home openers at Miller Park, uh, what is uh, your favorite memory that stands out? Well, your first is always the best, right, Matt? And <laughs> sure. I would say my first home opener uh, was very, very memorable. 2001, the first regular season game at Miller Park. It was a night game on a Friday night, which is weird. You know, now, the, at least in Milwaukee, they've done opening day during the day for, for as long as I can remember. But I was reminded that this was a night game. Richie Sexton hit an eighth-inning homer, one or two outs in the bottom of the eighth to win the game. They beat the Reds. Uh, the ballpark was loud. It was a different place then. They've made so many cosmetic changes to the interior of Miller Park since then. Used to have this kind of yellow cast, and everything was green. The outfield wall was green. The dugout rails were green. It was a different look, and they've made improvements in that area. But the atmosphere that night was pretty electric, uh, and uh, I definitely remember that Richie Sexton home. Yeah, no doubts. And uh, yeah, to have an opening day on a Friday night, uh, weird, but uh, something that definitely uh, stands out. And we're going to wrap things up a little bit differently than in uh, previous weeks, as uh, you recently had the chance to sit down with Craig Council as you and the Brewers skipper discussed the upcoming 2017 season for the Brew Crew. Uh, I'm Adam McKelvey of MLB.com. We're here with Brewers manager Craig Council entering year three of the Council regime. And Craig, <laughs> you like that terminology? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Craig, we're, uh, you know, we're nearing the end of spring training, and, and I'm thinking back to the first day of spring training when you gave your address to the club, and one of the things you said, and you've said this to us many times, um, the idea you've tried to impart to these guys is not putting limits on this season on their own performances. Can, can you sort of explain why that is uh, such an important message that, that you repeat to these guys? I think every baseball season is sacred to me. I mean, we, we only get so many shots at this. So I think um, I think it's important for them to understand. And I think it also, it, we have to continuously raise the standards of, of what we expect. And um, when you look at, you know, this year's team, when I look at this year's team, I, don't, I really believe, why would we set limits on these guys? It's a, it's a young group that um, has although not obviously not experienced and not doesn't have kind of long-term track records um, I do think has shown um, that at, in recent times that they're capable of, of pretty good things does that mean that if everything breaks right you think this team could surprise and, and actually like contend well I, I think that's what every man that's what everybody thinks right now in 30 camps and you should think that and that, that's kind of my point is that we should think that and we should be optimistic. Uh, and we should be hopeful, and we should expect the best, um, and we should expect great performances out of our guys. Um, that, that's, that's the mindset you should be going into right now with, when, at the end of spring training after a successful camp, after you know, a camp in which I think a lot of, we've had a lot of guys play very well. That's, that's, and, a, and a season which we, had, which we finished well with a lot of guys playing very well. I think yeah. that's, that's where we should be. The more basic um, goal I know for you is just get better. You've talked also about players. It's take the next step in whatever your path is. Um, and you had some guys do that last season. Yeah, uh, that, I mean, that's, that's, an import, that's probably the most important step for a lot of these guys. Um, we have a lot of players in the same um, kind of boat, in the same experience um, time frame from a major league perspective. 
uh, especially in the position player side. Um, and, and really, and also a couple of key members in our bullpen, I think, are in that position. So it's really the next step for them as big league baseball players. And um, it's, it's kind of the step that's like, I belong, you know, that I, I'm, one, I'm, one, I'm a big leaguer. I'm a regular big leaguer. I'm a, I'm a good big league baseball player. And um, it it's, it's comes through failure and it comes through a little bit of success, but it's, it's a stage that a lot of our guys, um, they've kind of had that taste of success. They've had that setback or that failure. And, and, um, and now, and they've had a little bit of experience. Um, and now it's, and the next step is kind of proving you belong. What areas do you think the team could be better in this season than it was last season? Well, that, that's, I mean, I'll answer every area. Yeah. <laughs> that's um, what every manager wants, yeah, so right? that, yeah, so you're, you're going to, I think we can be better in every area, and every every year that'll be the goal, um, certainly to be better. I mean, I think, you know, what, you know, we led the league in stolen bases last year, um, but I think we can be better, um, a better base running team, and without leading the league in stolen bases, mm-hmm. we can be a better base running team. So... That's my frame of reference for saying everything can improve. Um, no matter, even if you're really good at it, you can find ways for it to improve. The biggest changes on your team, it seems, are uh, on the infield. New catcher, whoever that ends up being, a new third baseman, Travis Shaw, and a new first baseman, Eric Thames. From you know, after having sort of eyes on them now for six weeks, are you confident that the changes David made are, are going to be part of what has the chance to make you a better team this year? Yeah, I mean, those are the, the, the big changes really are, you know, we're not going to have changes in our um, significant changes in our starting rotation. It's going to be, it looked very similar to, to the way we finished last year. Um, our outfield is going to look similar to the way we finished last year. So, uh, you know, the infield and catcher is going to be different. And really, I think we've created what we've done there is we're, we're a more versatile group this year as far as on a daily basis kind of what we can um match up against the team and provide you know against the team so we're I think we're more insulated to matchups more we're insulated for um, bumps and bruises injuries during the season um, I think we're in a spot again where there's competition for at bats um, which is a good place to be which I really thought was a positive for us at the end of last season um, so that's I think that's a part of what Thames and Shaw um, and, and from the catching perspective I don't think we're going to have a catcher. I think it's going to be a, kind of a job share um, mm-hmm. situation. So that's really what I think the, the new players are providing. You mentioned another word that you've said a lot, competition. And that seems like that's your goal here is to create sort of a constant, friendly, you know, team competition to drive everybody better. Um, is that sort of one of the things you feel good about establishing here so far in your the regime, the first two years of the regime? Yeah, it, it's it's happened, and it really it happens as the players get better. And and you and frankly the you know where it really kind of hit me hard yesterday was when is sending guys down, and um, it you end up having these tougher conversations in spring training because the players in the room are better mm-hmm. and the standards go up. And so you have to have conversations that you don't really anticipate having um, and, and with guys that have had some success and, and been prospects and been good players and, and are prospects. And you end up having them to, to send them to the minor leagues. And, and that's, 
I think that's a sign that there's been competition here and that the kind of that the players are um, we're having tougher decisions with quality players. Well, thanks, Greg. I appreciate the time. Thanks, Adam. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.